Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics, My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. Coming at you after a week off um, from, well, unfortunately missed a, a podcast for one of one of the tournaments I really do enjoy, Riviera. As do many people, I was uh, fortunate enough to be in the area for the Super Bowl. Skeeter with some stuff to do on Tuesday. So, Skeeter, before we look forward to the Honda, I guess we have to look back to both waste management and then we have to look back to Riviera. Is there anything we're taking from these last two tournaments coming into the Florida swing and any observations that you have that you want to share? Well, I try to figure out waste management as quickly as possible because that was, you know, after a pretty good start to the golf year, that was my return to re- return to earth zero. Didn't catch a lineup, didn't hit a bet. Uh, Brooks and contention was fun. Actually, no, I should take that back. I did, I did win a bet. I, I did get Scotty Scheffler even money in the playoffs, so I did win that. So, you know, a typical Phoenix tradition, uh, you know, playoff right in the Super Bowl. And, of course, I couldn't text you because you were at the game, so I don't know, you probably weren't paying a ton of attention to the Phoenix playoff. Um, None. <laughs> yeah, None. No, well, yeah, whereas, you know, in years past, you were literally like, hey, I need a second TV to watch the Phoenix playoff during the Super Bowl, but obviously a little uh-huh. bit different when you've spent, you know, so, some decent coin to be at said game, so. Phoenix didn't do much for me. Um, Riviera was a uh, boy. You want to talk about a what if scenario here? Um, I sent this to you yesterday. I had a four of six lineup. It had Hideki, who I think finished T thirty something. I don't know. He was but, middle. He was very middle of the pack. But it had the winner Neiman and the two second guys Morikawa and and uh, Young. It's like oh. If I just got Luke List, who had a roller coaster back nine on Friday to miss a cut by one, including, I think, a three putt from within three feet on ten. Not shocking. Riviera has a lot of those. And not shocking Luke List having a <laughs> bad putting uh, hole. I mean, that happens for him. And then Kevin Na just didn't, never really got anything going. But, oh, if I had two, you know, even if, if I had Luke List make the cut, man, that was a, that lineup would have been monstrous if I had both make the cuts. Um, yeah, I might have, uh, might have topped Amex, but, you know, overall still still an okay week. Wasn't my best, but, um, you know, it happens. I was very down into waste management on Thursday and then travel and, and uh, whatnot, so I really didn't see a whole lot. You got to say how awesome it was when, uh, who was it, Ryder and then Ortiz on back-to-back days get an ace on 16, uh, which was very good. Harry Higgs uh, decides that, he and he and Joel decide to take their shirts off on 16. So I caught a lot of the the highlights after the fact. Again, uh, very much a first world problem that I was unable to enjoy one of my favorite golf tournaments because while I was enjoying the biggest sporting event, um, at least in America, that same day. As to Riviera, boy, I, I I could look. I don't know that I could have afforded to stay out there. I don't know if I could have uh, afforded the ticket and the the fun. I actually had a place. I was offered a place to stay for free if I changed my flight from last Monday to stay and go to Riviera. But honestly, I needed just some relaxation. But, dude, we drove around. I texted you. We drove around the uh, the neighborhood, that the Pacific Palisades, where Riviera is. You can't see a bit of the golf course. But, boy, do you get a feel for the undulation. And I know there were some some screen, uh, some screen some shots on TV. There was a tee box, and now I'm remiss for not remembering. I think it was the first tee box actually, where it's yes. a huge drop off. Yep. And it's like, you just don't think about that in LA. You think about the beach and flat area, but it's most certainly a lot of undulation. Hence the comp course of the masters and the rolling Hills there. Um, and the big changes of, uh, changes of elevation, but man, what a great neighborhood. Uh, it was absolutely beautiful. Definitely a tournament. I wouldn't mind checking out, especially having cra- uh, c- cruise the area, you know, Brentwood, Beverly Hills and all that. So I, I enjoyed the tournament this week. My bets, my lineup's not so great. I missed out on your analysis last week, and I'm very much looking forward to getting it this week to get myself back on track when we start the Florida swing. Well, I can't say I was initially on young and kind of, he was on my radar, but I don't think he was one I was planning on using, or at least was, you know, whatever. Neiman was not initially on my radar, but Listening to a couple different uh, golf people throughout the week, they were big on him, so I took a second look. Like, oh yeah, okay, this does make sense, and so I played him, and 
I mean, that worked out well, but see, I, I wish I could tell you that was all my brilliant insight. It was not. It was some other smart people listening to and caused me to take a second look. And, you know, I am glad I did. But, um, but yeah, it just was one of those what-if type of weeks. But, you know what? That's fine now. So now we go from, you know, delayed starts we've had all year, at least for us, you know, you in Cincinnati and Eastern time zone, me in Central Illinois in the mid, in the Central time zone, to now the start of the tournaments, at least on Thursday, Friday, the round starting before we wake up, most likely. Definitely before I wake up, I assure you of that. And by the way, I should give you some uh, some public praise as well. I thank you once again because I woke up early on Thursday, at least early for me, at, at like 9 o'clock and saw you had texted me about the Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm sorry, Matt Fitzpatrick. He's changed it. Withdraw. And I was able to change a bunch of lineups. I guess it helped. It probably helped me cash the one that cash. So oh, okay. thank you. And I also had a um, – I, did I have him? I had him, I think, in one of my uh, – and my, I, I'm in two one and dones now, so I think I had him in one of that as well. But so, just kudos, man. Thank you for, uh, thank you for looking out for me. Yeah, no, no, no problem. I, I knew you'd bet him, so I saw that, and you know, I, I don't always catch those, especially you know on, on days that I have school, like uh, I'm not always going to catch those. But um, the fact that we were about to get ten inches of snow here, so I didn't have school. Well, I didn't, I was had the virtual school or remote school, whatever you want to call it, on Thursday, so. I, Probably had a little extra time, saw that, and immediately texted you because I knew you had it. So I'm not going to catch them all, but, uh, you know, glad I caught that one. Well, I am too. Are we ready to get on to the Florida swing? Take it to the East Coast, the Honda. Yep. Let's do it. It's PGA National. It's Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And I believe this is a par 70, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Where we are expecting a little bit of a different animal than what we've seen in the past where – I don't know the cut line and the cut was even par last week, but cut line could be a plus one or plus two. We're looking for a lot different, uh, um, animal, I guess, from the course and the scores than we've had recently. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Historic cut line as I'm looking, it was two over last year, okay. four over 2020, three over six over. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, the lowest cut I've seen 2017, 2014, 2013 was one over. So, even par will get you easily in a cut line, even as we've seen scores kind of inflate throughout the years. This course is not one of them. Just a ton of water hazards. Um, so it makes it tough. And, they, and each side has a tough three-hole stretch. Um, so I'm looking here on Fantasy National. Hole number five is the ninth toughest hole. Hole six is the toughest hole. 479 par four. Seven is the seventh toughest hole. The... the some of the ninth are both over 200 yard par threes. Then you have the bear trap of 15, 16, 17. Those and even 14. Those are four of the toughest eight holes on the course. So it's a tough stretch. Um, only two par fives, the third and the 18th. Um, and even 18 has some water, some risk reward. There. Oh yeah. So, um, it's just not an easy course, and you know it kind of gets sandwiched between some other events. But the fact that it's a tougher course, I think, is why it keeps some of the some of the people away. So um, we do see some of these Euros, though. This typically is their start of the PGA Tour season. You know, we have Fleetwood, Poulter, Lowry. Um, probably a couple other guys who we haven't seen. From Alex Noren's over here. Mito, even though he was there last week. Uh, uh, Westwood, you know. I was Oh, and Nikolai Hoygaard. So not, you know, not, you know, Rasmus's brother. So, um. Some of the Euro, some of the Euros uh, come over here. This is a start. Kimers here, so and Mito's Chilean, right? I keep I yes. get that wrong like every day. Uh, at least I caught myself before you corrected me this time. So he's not a European. Yeah, because he was. Uh, I think he was very emo. I think he had some emotions yesterday when Neiman won. So yeah, so did Sergio. That was pretty cool. I would like. I'm watching the crowd. I'm like Sergio Spanish. Why is he that uh, into Neiman winning? But. Apparently, uh, all the Spaniards hang out together. Not Spaniards, I'm sorry. Spanish-speaking folk hang yeah. out together on tour. So, yeah, at first I was like, what's Sergio still doing here? And then I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, or if you if you remember, what was it, uh, 2021 Tournament of Champions, Neiman is just sitting there lounging with Sergio away for Harris English to finish before the eventual playoff. And the commentators are like, oh, you know, Neiman should be in some putts. Or he's just sitting there laxing and having a – you know, him and his girlfriend enjoying uh, time with Sergio and his wife. So, they must have, you know, they probably have a bond. 
maybe the Spanish speaking uh, help part of it helped too. But I know there's a yeah. bond there. Yeah, that, and which is cool. Um, so yeah. Anyway, not Ch- back to uh, Mito. Not a, not a Euro Chilean, but yeah, and it makes sense too. Like when you talk about the field, because this is a good spot for the Euros to get over to the United States and not travel across the United States as well. So it's a good jumping in point for them without having to make the additional travel, you know, another 3,000 miles. And it's an open field where it kind of makes sense to some of these guys that were the big names that were just coming from Riviera. You know, you you move west to east, you lose that time. This is just a really logical time to take a week off after, you know, waste management draws a pretty good crowd. And, you know, Pebble Beach, maybe not so much, but after Riviera, it just makes sense as a week off. Right, you got... I think it's API net. What is the schedule? I I mean, we've it, got the Arnold Palmer. We've got what? The players is coming soon. Right. Everything last year, last year's kind of goofy schedule has got me thrown off as far as, um, as far, as far as like the, you know, I, the I, order I remember here. the order of things, but then all of a sudden I think last year there were some changes. So very much so. Yeah. Let's see. I'm, I'm pulling this up right now. We have, yeah, Honda, and then, oh, next week's API and Puerto Rico, the alternate field. Then the players, then Valspar, then match play. Oh, that's right, they got rid of, uh, did they get rid of it or did they move? Oh, uh, Mexico. Okay, they made that just a regular event. That's no longer WGC. Yeah, they trimmed the fat a little bit with the WGCs and stuff. And that it'll be interesting to see the way the schedule takes shape this year after the super schedule a year ago. Right, yeah, so that's just throwing me off, but yeah. API next week, players afterwards, so yeah, this is just the logical take a week off. But um, for those who are playing, kind of stats I'm looking at here, ball striking is important because a little bit, I mean, it does play decently long, but not bad. You just have to avoid the water, so you got to be good off the tee, you got to be good on your approaches. I, I, I'm really looking at scrambling, not as, just because, you know, can you limit yourself damage to a bogey, or maybe you save par if you hit a tee shot in the water? You know, try to avoid double uh, bogey avoidance. Certainly, there. Obviously, par seventy. I'm looking at a bunch of par fours. Uh, the proximity range, one fifty to two hundred, kind of plays a role here. Um, a lot of those mid mid irons kind of coming in. Again, if you're in the water, that's the club you're gonna have to be really good with to try to get up and down for bogey. So, those are kind of the stats I'm looking at. Um, not a top tier field, but we have a lot in that kind of that second tier of golfers. Like there's some, there's some good names floating around here. Definitely some names, and I, and I like this tournament too. So I'm very excited about it. Even though I kind of poo pooed the field right off the rip, this is a, a tournament I've talked about wanting to go to because you mentioned the 18th hole being a par five, a great risk reward finishing hole. Uh, so I'm still very much looking forward to this tournament. Are you ready to get into the field? Yep. Let's do it. We'll start with the 10K plus tier, and it starts with the winner from two years ago, Sung JM at 11K, Louis Oosthuizen 10-8, Joaquin Neiman 10-6, Daniel Berger 10-4, Brooks Kepka 10-1. Skeeter, where are you going? Who's your favorite in this tier? I don't have a favorite. Um, sometimes you know there's sometimes we have those tiers where we don't have a favorite because we like everybody. Sometimes we have a tier and we don't have a favorite because we don't like anybody. I don't mind any of these five. Um. I think they're all good plays. I mean, I guess if I make me choose a fair, I guess I go Sung Jay winner here. And two years ago, had an eighth last year. Rates out very well in bogey avoidance, par four strokes gains, scrambling, and ball striking. Those are probably the biggest things we're looking at this week. Uh, proximities yeah, are okay, not great from 150 to 175, but seems to do everything else well. Putts well. 11,000 is a lot for Sung Jay. And in this field, um, you know, is he really that much? Is there that much difference between him and Kepka at 10 1? Probably not, but I like the history. I like the consistency. He does play well in the southeast part of the U.S. So for that reason, I guess he's my quote unquote favorite 11K, but again, I don't have a real favorite or fade in any, uh, any of these five. I have no real favorite either. I'm kind of with you when you take a look at this tier. I have Daniel Berger as my favorite yeah. here. He's coming off the miscut at Waste Management, which is not good. But I just feel like the 10-4 price here for Berger, just a little bit of a, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong in thinking that he is a future superstar. Maybe I'm I'm over-exaggerating what I think he can be. He's had a fourth and a second here. The price difference makes me 
pick him as my favorite, but I'm not here to tell you that I think Daniel Berger is the obvious clear-cut favorite here. See, I don't think he's superstar. I can kind of see him like a winning a major, kind of like a Henrik Stenson type, just kind of okay. good, solid career, gets that big win somewhere, but you know, certainly one that most people would love to have. Um, If he didn't have that nagging back injury, and I don't know what, and I know, I know he played at Phoenix, so that was a good sign, but if that wasn't there, he'd be my favorite play here, because over the past 36 rounds, he ranks number one ball striking approach. Top 10 in fairways gain, scrambling, bogey of wines, par four strokes gain, and that proximity from 150 to 175. So he rates out extremely well. Uh, I might kind of, I know that this might be this might be one of the ones that lets the everybody else kind of how popular he gets kind of use as my gauge here. If, if people are using him, I'll take the fade in case the back isn't there, and if people are avoiding him, I'll take him just because he rates out so well statistically. Maybe he could just borrow Charlie Hoffman's back brace. Oh, there you go. Did you see that that he was wearing on Friday? I did not. <laughs> I'll send you a picture later. It did not look good. Um, he was not wearing it on Thursday when he had a good round. Uh, I don't know if he was wearing it on the weekend because I never saw anything more from him. Unfortunately, he's not playing well. But, yes, he was wearing a very visual uh, uh, visual back brace. I don't know. One that was very noticeable. Um, good words today for me. Hey, <laughs> can you tell it's been two weeks since I've talked? I can. I'm just glad Charlie has. I'm, I'm glad Charlie has some protection. That was the uh, common joke out there on Twitter, which is why I uh, saw the back brace to begin with was finally some protection. Uh, okay. um, at any rate, the seagull sometimes does some things. One thing we didn't take away from waste management that I'm um, ready to just not take away was that whole uh, little outrage. So that's okay at any rate, Skeeter. If you don't uh, go with Sungjae, is there another player you would even bother calling your number two here? I mean, Berger's right there, but there's questions there. Again, you, talk about a guy who's done a complete 180 on. Like, until last year, I never want anything to do with Now it's like every time he's in a tournament, I'm going to play him. I'm going to draft him in our league as Louie at 10-8. Um, he's second in my model, top 10 in... Ball striking approach, opportunities gain, which means you're at least hitting a lot of greens. Bogey avoids and par four strokes gain, so kind of very similar to Sung Jae and some of his stats. Just really good, consistent all the way across the board. It's the only problem is that is at ten eight, do you really want to pay ten eight for some guy who's never won in the United States? He had a twenty first and a twenty fourth here in twenty seven, twenty eighteen, missed a cut in twenty twenty. You use the word consistency. Louis Oosthuizen has felt so consistent lately. Um, he's my number two, too, for that reason. He just feels very consistent, even though Sung J.M. clearly has a great track record here recently. So he's my number two as well. Yeah, just, I don't know, just, you know, is he the best player in this field or maybe Segmion Brooks? Oh, man. Brooks is probably the best player, but it's hard to argue that it's not Louis as well. Um, so I would, I'm with you. I think he, he probably is with Brooks having that un, unbelievable hot streak. Now three years ago, maybe four years ago, five five years ago. How, whenever he won those four majors in the matter of about a, a, a year and a half. But yeah, Louis, maybe Louis is, and he's certainly more consistent. Yeah. Who are you fading here if you are at all? I mean, I guess it'll be Neiman. Again, I have no problem going back to him for as well. He's played at Riviera. Um, no problem going back there, but I think I just trust Brooks a little bit more. Brooks at least has a second here in the past. and He does have a propensity for liking tough courses. Neiman, 59th missed cut, 25th here. Again, and we're just gas grasping at straws, and I know it's always the winner following week narrative, but I just... I gotta fade somebody. I guess it's him. But again, I have no problem if you use him. That's who I'm fading. I could fade Kepka too, right? He just doesn't really doesn't really do a whole lot for me outside of uh, well, waste management and majors. But I am fading Neiman too, and a lot of it too will come with the uh, the travel as well as everything else. Like, um, you know, played till the very end at Riviera. I mean, what time did he leave L.A. before he gets all the way across the country? To uh, where's where's PGA National Jacksonville? Is that right? No, I think it's. I mean, I know it's Palm Beach Gardens, but I feel like Jacksonville is where you would fly to. I could be wrong though. Maybe that's where the players is. I know Orlando is where Arnold is. 
I, I'll be honest. I don't know. I know some of my Florida geography. I don't know at all. I'd guess around Miami. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's about it's a West Palm Beach, which is a little north of Miami. Mm, I'm way off then. Jacksonville. Yeah, wrong part of the state. Yeah, way wrong part of the state. That's uh, several hours north. All right. At any rate, it's a long travel. So that's why I'm fading Neiman. Nothing against him. And part of it is, of course, coming off the win. And part of it's just a long travel, being the last one to leave the golf course, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my fade there. See, I'm not worried about the travel. I mean, at this point, they all fly private anyway. And... You, you're correct. But I feel like there's some, there's some jet lag. I mean, you're moving forward three hours. I don't know. Again, like you said, we're grabbing a straws because it's not like Neiman didn't look like a world beater for uh, – Three days, anyway, last week. So, by the way, I'm just looking at Google Maps. Um, there's a Costco within a couple miles of PG National. So, you know, go play around, have a bad day, go stock up at Costco for on some supplies. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm sure you're unaware, but Costco has some good cheap liquor, uh, good prices. So, just an FYI for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, big shock to you. I would, you know, for a couple <laughs> reasons, I'm not aware of that. Fair enough. Are we ready to go to the nine Ks? Yes. Let's do it. We'll start at the top, and it starts with Tommy Fleetwood at 99, Billy Horschel's 96, Shane Lowry's 94, Alex Noren 93, Matthew Wolf 92, Keith Mitchell 91, Matt Jones 9K. A couple more past champs in this tier. Skeeter, is there one that stands out to you? Um, Before I get to that, I'm just mad that, you know, we finally get Fleetwood here and Molinari's not in the field. Come on. I want to... I want to get them both in the same field so I can play them. Maybe next week at API? Play them. I don't know. You're going to have to go Kepka Kepka instead once we get down to the 6Ks, I guess. Oh, Chase playing again today? This year? Abs- absolutely. And he I finished like 30-something last year. Not right, that I'm really playing the uh, the Kepka Exacta. Oh. Oh, there we go. Box it. Yeah, what's what's the odds on Kepka to win any Kepka? Um... I would imagine when you bet Brooks, I'm seeing him at 20 to 1. I don't know that it changes if you get the uh, Chase Kepka ticket in there. I think it stays at 20. Yeah, that's pretty true. Maybe <laughs> 18, maybe they give Chase a slight chance. Uh, my favorite play will be Shane Lowry here. Um, does play tough course as well. He just mm-hmm. 36 rounds, my gosh. Fifth in approach, third opportunities gained, 11th scrambling, 7th in bogey avoidance, 5th in par 4 strokes gained. And he's number one from 150 to 175, 22nd from 175 to 200. He hit, I mean, he does everything that I think I want here. What has he done overseas? Because I think he's played a couple of the, uh, couple of the events in the Middle East. I am looking, because I like Lowry too, uh, not as much as you probably do, though. He was 24th on the, uh, I don't even know, Dubai Desert Classic before the, Abu Dhabi uh, championship. These okay. both in in January, a twenty fourth and a twelfth. I mean, twelfth at minus five, twenty fourth at minus four. So he's not exactly playing birdie fest. Seems to be in good form, open winner. So ninety four hundred for Shane Lowry. I don't think it's a horrible price, and stats and form kind of all make sense for him. I don't disagree. I like Shane Lowry too, just just as a player. So I don't disagree with you there. I think I got to go with Keith Mitchell, uh, yeah. a former winner of this tournament. Yeah. Who's been playing really good as well? He missed the cut at Farmers um, for a lot of reasons. I'll give him a pass. One, he was only plus one. Two, it's the you know I, I don't know how well certain people's personalities mix, mix with uh, playing the pro ams. I honestly don't know if that's even the reason. But outside of that, I mean, you go back to November. He was twelfth at RSM, seventh at Sony, twelfth at Pebble Beach, which was also a pro am. So completely throw that Farmers narrative out the window. Tenth at the Waste Management. That's only one tournament of the last five where he was not top twelve. This is a place he obviously has played well before, so I like Keith Mitchell a lot at 9,100. Yeah, and, you know, Sony was a par 70. I mean, I think it's a little mm-hmm. shorter than this. Not as much water, but, you know, if you if you want to play the par 70 narrative, um, Bermuda is his quote-unquote best putting surface. So, yeah, I have Mitchell's mind number two for a lot of the reasons you said, and he just rates out really well, especially in the shorter-term models, but even over 36 rounds, six in scrambling, um, eighth in bogey avoidance, twenty fourth opportunities gained, thirtieth in par fours, thirteenth ball striking. Like, yeah, I have no problem with Keith Mitchell. The price seems a little steep, but for a former winner in decent form, I, I mean, I think it's justified in this field. If he's your number two, that means it's back on me for a number two. I'm gonna go Billy Horschel, Florida guy, 
has had two top 10 finishes here. Granted, they were half a decade ago, but finished 16th here as well. 42, 42nd was the last time he played here two years ago. He's been playing decent as well, was 6th at Waste Management, 11th at Farmers, was 36th at Sony, not bad. His 23rd at Tournament Champions isn't exactly great, but he still managed to get the minus 17 there. So Billy Horschel is, again, he's one of them guys I think you and I both talk about. it. It's hard. We, we, we miss as much as we hit, maybe miss a lot more than we hit. This just seems like a good spot for Billy Horschel, and he's a solid player. A lot of things just stack up for me to like him here. I mean, if he wins, and I have him in our draft league, so, you know, at least I'll, I'm going to have that out this year for him. So, <laughs> you know, I get that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess he opened uh, – Pat Mayo this morning tweeted out that he was – he opened at 28-1. to 1. I immediately go, went to go look because I would have blindly bet that. He was down to 18, so I don't know if he was on a different book or if all the early money just pounded it and the books had to quickly adjust that they were off on that number. But – um. I see him at 20 at my local book. I have him at 18 right now. Yeah. But that's weird that he's shorter than Brooks. Brooks is 20 as well uh, at my book. Yeah. As is Tommy, for what it's worth. So that's interesting because Tommy's 14 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook for me, second the second favorite. The one I'm looking at has Sungjae at, at 10, yep. Berger at 14, Neiman and Louie at 18. And then the 20s I just gave you. I got Berger, at, Berger and Louis at 16. Okay. That's funny how we have different books. but um. It is funny how the numbers, oddly, just as we talk about books very briefly, I, I didn't get my uh, Bengals ticket to cash at 101 last year. The number has been like 12 to 14 is what I've been reported everywhere. My local book has it at 16, so I've already made a bet on it. Sweet. Yeah, I go there, and the guy's like, this is a popular bet. And I'm like, well, A, dude, we're in Cincinnati, and they just got, they just lost the Super Bowl. Everyone's riding high on the in the great vibes of the, the season. And I said, B, you guys are a better number than everywhere else. Like, I was going to wait and see if the number moved or, you know, see if I hit a golf bet to cover it. But at 16 to 1, I feel like I got to get in before you guys adjust. So it is always a good idea to shop a book price, right? Yeah, I need to shop a couple of spots, but – I show Lowry at 22 to 1. Gosh, I was hoping that was a little higher. 25. 25 where I'm going. 25. All right, where were we at? Oh, we need a fade because we were talking about Billy Horschel. Um, but before I ask you about your fade, I want to ask you about Matt Jones. Um, neither one of us brought him up. First of all, he's the returning champ. Second of all, did he not go wire to wire last year like Neiman just did yesterday? Yeah, because he shot 61 to open up with, and I think... And then just rode the wave, right? Yeah, he won by he like, five. He, like, won at 10 under? I after going 12. 9 under on Thursday? I thought it was 12, but maybe... You might be right. I, I felt like he just rode the wave after that first round and rode it all the way to the win. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, he was playing a different course because, you know, 61 at, at PG National is just outstanding. Insane. It's insane. <laughs> and I don't think and, anybody ever really put any pressure on him, so... Not really. I, I, if I if memory serves, he won by uh, a couple of strokes. I think he won by five in the end. Yeah, I, I, th I thought he kind of ran away with it. So I was just curious. I meant to bring that up in the open, given the uh, similarities between Neiman, the just just most recent winner, and and Jones. But is there anything to him defending his title? Is he your fade? Who is your fade? Um. Yeah, he'll be my fade. I mean, he was fifty at Genesis. First time he really shown positive signs of the irons. He lost, he lost four strokes putting. So, yeah, just, just this doesn't seem like a course where you're just going to come back and repeat on. So, he's my fade. I mean, the other one would be Norin. Just or actually, no, no. You know what? I'm sorry. Neither of them are my fade. I hate to do this to you, but it's Matthew Wolf. He's my fade too, bro. It's he, okay. I don't think he. So played. Matt Jones, by the way, has been playing horrible outside of the Genesis. Genesis. So I considered yeah. him. Uh, Norin has actually had a good finish here. I like Alex Norin, to be quite frank with you. Okay. I'll, I'll use him. Um, I, I probably will use the 9Ks much more than the 10Ks um, as we get into the uh, the rest of the field. But So I don't mind Norin. Wolf's my fade, too. I mean, here's the deal. He didn't play good here a couple of years ago. He seems to either play well at places he likes or doesn't play well at all. He's coming off of a, a relatively poor start to the season, at least the January portion. So, I mean, I'm with you. I love Matt Wolf. I considered whether or not I'm going to bet him. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but he is 40 to 1, and I know he can go out and, and make birdies in bunches, but he's my fade as far as DraftKings goes. You know, I just thought of a course that might be a comp, a little bit of a comp here. 
I thought of one that I I don't think you're thinking of. You go first. 3M? I was thinking that's interesting because Wolf plays 3M well, right? But because think about if you remember the 3M. Lots the, of water, 18's yes. a par 5. Well, I mean, I, I know there's more par 5s there, but I'm just thinking the, the whole water element. And I think Michael Thompson won the first. Yeah, Michael Thompson won in 2020 there. He's also a former winner here at Honda. That's interesting. Um, I was thinking of some similar names that have had good uh, finishes at both. Lucas Glover's finished both uh, well here and at your beloved John Deere. There were a couple of other guys. It wasn't necessarily the courses, I thought, but it seemed like there was some consistency between uh, good play between two different guys. Zach Johnson maybe was one I was thinking of as well. I think Sony pop-up too with Russell Henley's won both and I think somebody else, Justin Thomas has won both. I was trying to take a quick look at, I, I don't have 2021 3M, but just kind of the first two years who, who's kind of played well there, see if there's any sort of correlation there, but uh, I'll just keep strolling. But yeah, just the whole water element made me think, wait a minute. And Michael Thompson was like, maybe there's something in the TPC Trinity Cities that has something there. Yeah, Matthew Wolf first and 12th at 3M. Maybe there is something there with that. But Wolf has had a Wolf's one finish here was not very good. It was a uh, 58th. And that was in 2020 when he was playing good. I guess he hadn't really caught his stride yet at that year point in 2020. He was still getting his feet wet on the tour. So maybe there is a pass to that. So, Or was he a rookie that? No, he won in 2019. Never mind. I know he had had some sponsor invites before. Uh, didn't he play Phoenix as a, when he was in college? Probably. Where, I think that's where he got introduced to to the, the swing of his. Probably. I don't know. They would have booed him with that swing there. Until he put it close to the green, then they would have cheered. Exactly. <laughs> or just take his shirt off like Harry Higgs. Well, that's, you know, I've never taken my shirt off on a golf course before, so I'm not sure how to uh, relate to that. Well, neither have I. I don't think anybody wants to see me take off my shirt either, so. <laughs> do, do we have anything more for the 9Ks? No. <laughs> All right, let's take it to the 8Ks, and we'll go with uh, the top. It's 8,900, Mito Pereira. Patrick Reed's 88. Brian Harmon's 87. Cam Young, 86. Jonathan Vegas, 85. Aaron Wise is 84. And by the way, as I was doing my prep for this, I had to chuckle at the juxtaposition of the last three names here. Young, Vegas, Wise. How often does a young person make wise decisions in Vegas? I don't know. I don't think it means anything. But I read the three names as I was get, doing my prep for the podcast here, and I thought, that's odd. And anyway, that's, there's, your, there's your awful dad joke for the day. We'll get back to it was Aaron Wise at 84, Mackenzie Hughes 83, Gary Woodland 82, Russell Knox 81, Christian Bezadenhut, 8K even Skeeter. You got a favorite in this 8K range? I don't know if I have a favorite, but I got a few names I like, and I'll start with uh, the last guy you mentioned, Bezadenhout. Um, okay. He missed He missed bad at Genesis, but when I think Bezadenhout, I think somebody who likes grinding. Like We've seen him kind of hang around in some majors, could putt well. Riviera, I know, is a tough course, but that just doesn't feel like a Bezadenhout course this one kind of feels like that a little bit prior to that i mean 14th at pebble 46 at farmers 40th at amex 17th at sony so there's that sony comparison uh pretty good approach numbers all throughout the putter can kind of get hot as well rates out pretty well for me in my over, over the past 36 rounds 19th at approach 24th fairways gain good par four player good putter 8,000. he seems like a little bit of a more of a world-class golfer, or at least maybe more reputation than some of these other guys in the eight. So for that reason, I'll take him at eight. Well, I hope you're right. And he did do well at Sony. If we're talking about that as a comp course is Pebble beach at all comp course with the water, not necessarily needing distance as much as you need accuracy. I, no, cause there's, I mean, yes, there's it's alongside the ocean, but rarely are you going in the water at Pebble. Gotcha. That's fair. That's fair. Only on 18 when I'm playing video games, trying to make Eagle. Right, or, um, I mean, if I suppose you hook one on eight or nine, or no, nine or ten. Uh, so we, we, we got your favorite. I think I'm going Gary Woodland. And by the way, I have Christian in our league, so I hope you're right. I'm going Gary Woodland. I'm thinking here, Woodland's not playing great at all. 
but he was one under at Waste Management. It wasn't like he missed the cut by a mile. He was four under at American Express when he didn't make the cut there as well. So his missed cuts here in the calendar year 2022 had been okay. He was 39th at Farmers. He has a decent history here, and this just feels like a Gary Woodland course, but he's got to drive the ball straight, and he's had some issues there. But I don't love the 8K tier. I'm going to go with Gary Woodland, hoping that a guy who's had a second and an eighth here, and he makes the cut every time, can find a little form here. Yeah, I'm not ready to do that yet for him. This Again, if he's struggling with a driver, this is not the uh, not the course you really want to be struggling with a driver at. So I'll, I'll take a wait-and-see approach on him. Where are you going if you don't go Bezadenhut? Well, I have a few names here. Um, I think the overwhelming chalk this week is going to be Mito Pereira, 8900. He rates out greats and par fours, bogey avoidance. Ball striking approach. I think he was 15th last week at Riviera. So he's just, I mean, people are ready to use him. I, that might be a strategic fade for me. Uh, Brian Harmon's starting to round and form a little bit. E700, again, he kind of feels like he could be a top 10 player in his field. Third at Amex, 65th at Pebble, 14th at, at Phoenix. The, the irons are there right now, so that's a good sign to see. Um, Johnny Vegas has a nice mm. history here. Also rates out well in ball striking and approach. Scrambling, not so much. But he's there, too. And um, you like you like some bad puns and some correlations, right? I'd love them. Well, Russell Knox, would you like to guess what place he has finished in three straight tournaments? It's not a pun, I guess, but just... Mm, in three straight tournaments, 20th. 33rd. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that doesn't mean anything, but anyway, just all the three, all the threes involved. You know, you, you'll take a bunch of threes at Honda. That's a bad. Sorry, it's my. Day I'm off. hopeful that he finishes third. Then, if you play him, I, I don't know. I had him in middle of the pack for me. But uh, fourth and ball striking, second in approach, seventh fairways gain, tenth in opportunities gain. He's been playing well. Eighty one hundred feels a little expensive for him, and granted, thirty thirds aren't uh, necessarily paying it off. Eighty one hundred, but if he can score a little bit and. He seems like one who could win a 10-under tournament. I agree. This kind of feels like a right fit for him. It's Russell Henley who's won this thing, not Russell Knox. Right. Um, because I was going through and I was like, wait, he's won this thing. His history is, eh, his good history here is further away than it is recent. But yes. he had a second and a third going back in the day. Johnny Vegas is actually my number two out of this group for a lot of the mentions, uh, reasons you mentioned. What about Aaron Wise? he do anything for you? He was 13th here last year and... A couple of weeks ago, he was playing great. Yeah, I think he, I think he was okay last week at Riviera. Oh, no, he made the cut, but then that was about it. Um, but he was never bad. He was consistently right around par every day. Which which, which here would be perfectly fine. Fine. It would um, be great. I don't think so. I don't have a problem with it. He just The scrambling is a little bit off-putting to me. Ball striking is good. Just that recent form just isn't there. Like, he had a really good fall swing. I, granted, he does play. He's starting to have a little a bit of a coastal course narrative, and Florida kind of fits us. This is not terribly far from the Atlantic Ocean, but um, it's not. Oh, he's what I'm okay with, but not somebody I'm looking towards playing. Okay. Just curious. I felt like there were diverging uh, uh, indicators there between the very recent form and. Long form, yada, yada. So just curious on your opinion there. Um, who are you fading here? I have a feeling you're going to fade the same person. But um, in this field, it's hard to believe we're fading $8,800 Patrick Reed. But, boy, he was he was bad last week, too, at Riviera. And until he shows some form, and I granted he's one who can pop up and has won in Florida before, mainly at Valspar. I just, I think he's won there, or at least he played well there. I can't, I can't, I can't do it here until I see a little little better results from him. A grinding out course, very difficult. Sounds like a Patrick Reed course. He's finished 24th. He's finished 7th. But he missed the cut the last two times he's played here. Hasn't played in a while. Has not been playing good at all. I, I was on Patrick Reed last week. Uh, I don't know. I, it doesn't matter because none of my bets cashed. I was going to bet him. He was like 80 to 1. I just thought, I can't bet him. He's playing terrible. I can't go. He, he's my fate as well. And and it, you're, what you're saying makes so much sense. Like, you're fading Patrick Reed at 8,800 in this field. 
it doesn't seem right because he could pop. Maybe it makes sense to have one lineup if you set 10 like I do because he is Patrick Reed, a major champion, but I'm with you. He's my fade. Do you see there might be some more controversy surrounding Patrick Reed? Uh, I did not. <laughs> I'm afraid to know. So apparently there's a video clip of him reaching into his pockets. Oh, I did see that. So from every account I've heard, he's just cleaning his club face okay. with his pocket. Okay. And so I, I've heard – so I – yeah, because you know I'm willing to uh, to go down the rabbit hole with Patrick Reed stuff. I was – like I, a lot of people were making the point, what would you put on your iron to make it better besides cleaning it, right? Like I know some people who lather up a driver with chapstick to keep the spin off the ball so that the ball goes straight in outings and stuff. I've seen oh, people really? do it. What What would you – like I don't understand what you could do to a club face to make it better than – a clean club face. So I don't see like, I I'm certainly not telling you. I don't think he would do it. I I'm certain he would do it if he could gain an advantage and it looks a little scandalous the way it is like right next to his pocket. Yep. But what would he be doing besides just clean it with his pocket lining? I have no idea. I can, I didn't look into it. I just saw that. I was like, Oh, here we go. Another Patrick Reed, uh, debate. That's why he's getting a pass from me here. But if there's anything, that pops up to, to throw shade at him. I'm, I'm willing to jump back in. <laughs> that doesn't not surprise me. <laughs> are we ready to go 7Ks? Yes. All right. Not going to go through them all. Um, the names are interesting here. There is a pocket of players that I like, as do you. There's a handful of numbers and players I like here in the 7Ks, but they've all got their warts. Where are you going to start with? Oh, man. Um, I have gotten quite a few starred here and. As I told you earlier, there's like a block in this 7,500, 7,400 range where I have like four guys just kind of immediately there. Um, again, I'll just kind of go back to the Sony narrative here with Chris Kirk at 7,500. Rates out eighth overall in the past 36 rounds. Top 30 in ball striking approach, fairways gained, bogey avoidance proximity from 150 to 175. Everything else is top 40 outside of proximity 175 to 200 putting, which is, you know, the proximity from the longer range is good. Putting is about average. So everything's just kind of consistent there. Um, what is it? I did not look at this course history here. 25th, miscut, miscut, 33rd, and 12th back in the day. I believe when he won his Corn Ferry event, I believe it was in Florida as well, you know, a year or two ago. So I don't know, 7,500 for Chris Kirk. He's consistent. And again, if he's going to give me a 25th or 30th, I think that's. I'm okay with that at this price. I can't really argue with what you say there. Um, Chris Kirk is one of the guys on my list here. I'm trying to find a favorite. I wanted to make it Ryan Palmer because I love him, but he's missed two cuts in a row. He is one guy I like. What about K.H. Lee? My man's playing pretty good right now, making cuts, and he's had a decent history here as well. I think K.H. Lee will be my favorite, but the truth of the matter is it's not that I have a favorite in this tier. So KH Lee missed the cut last year, but was seven three years ago. It's not that I have a favorite; it's that I have a bunch of guys I really like. Same thing here. My my argument is KH Lee is yes, he's making cuts, but the past two tournaments he lost five over five strokes in approach at Phoenix, over four at Genesis. Like mm. he made up the putter. Um, this just does not feel like a course you really want to be doing that with. But he's making cuts. Um. I mean, obviously, you, you know you know who my favorite favorite player in this range is. I like him in this tier, too, though. I actually do have him as a guy I would play as well. Especially after a good Florida, I think, double runner-ups last year in Florida. Last year he was outstanding, right? It was API and I forget where else. The players. Oh, okay. Wow, that's right. Because I had 100 to 1. I think I had 100 to 1 on Lee or 200 to 1. I had something big on him. I mean, I also had JT as a player, so at least that helped. But, yeah, Lee Westwood. Oh, welcome back, Lee. Please stay. <laughs> please, please don't go to Saudi. Um, yeah, Lee in Florida is one I'm always interested in. So I'm with you. There's a handful of names yeah. that you. Uh, I, I could throw. I, I'm interested in Denny McCarthy. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, very uh, interested number, in him. Number one over the past thirty six rounds in scrambling, bogey avoidance, and par four strokes gained. Mm, maybe he's my favorite. Ninety seventh in ball striking. It hurts that a little bit, but. He was third here last year, too. And he, he can putt. I like Denny McCarthy. Uh, I like C.T. Pan. Yeah, okay. You and I are in the same boat so far. 
Gotta like Brennan Todd and Michael Thompson, even though, you know, as, as far as a course fit, anyway. I don't have Michael Thompson start, but I need to give him a second look. Uh, Brendan Todd, yes. If we're talking about a tournament where you have to hit fairways, nobody does it better than Brendan Todd. Brendan Todd, is he the poor man's Webb Simpson? That's a good comparison. He hasn't won the uh, tournaments, but the, not at least not that kind. Uh, what he, about... Hey, he won two in a row in the fall swing and nearly won a third a couple years ago. He did, no question about it. He just hasn't won the players and or the uh, major championship. Right. What about your boy, Lucas Glover? Yes, he's, he's on my list, too. Bad scrambler, bad putter, bad bogey avoids, great ball striker. Oh, boy. He's got a I, little history too, here, too, doesn't he? He does. That was one of the reasons I thought that maybe there was a comp with uh, John Deere. I put Glover oh. back on the band list. I don't know if I'm taking him off for this week or not. No. But Glover has had a couple of missed cuts. So here's his history going backwards from last year. 19th, missed cut, 4th, 17th, 21st, three consecutive missed cuts. There's Lucas Glover. There's Lucas Glover in a nutshell. So, in other words, if he's popular like he was at Palmetto, I'll fade him. Because that, that worked out well for me that week. Fair. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with him. Um, Aaron Rye continues to pop up, play well. Good. Another one good, hits a ton of fairways, which will play very well here. He's 7,400. Scrolling down, Nick Taylor kind of Jumped out at me a little bit at 7,200, and I can't imagine many people are going to be on him. Missed at Phoenix at 14th at Pebble, 30th at Farmers, 33rd at Amex, 41st at Houston. Maybe that's Houston might be another one because uh, Russell Henley correlation potentially there, but he's been consistently getting on approach. He missed at Phoenix because he lost five strokes putting. He's, I mean, B- 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 Bermuda's not his best surface, but. He's playing okay enough, you know, good bogey avoidance, good par four, good scrambling. I don't mind that. And then I have Hudson Swafford start, but ever since he won Amex, I think it's miscut 60th, so that might be a little bit of an issue. What about your boy, Zach Johnson? Oh, Zach, he was, what, eighth here last year? Uh, I want to say he had a, maybe that was the recent good form. Yeah, eighth here last year, and it honestly hasn't been great outside of that here. His approach has been hit or miss. Gain everything was putting related at Phoenix, 14th at Amex. Missed on the number at Sony. I don't hate it. You know, maybe I'll use him instead of Hudson Swafford. I'm not sure I have anybody else in this tier. No, I don't either. Who are we fading? Um, that's a good question. I'm fading Ian Poulter. At 7,600, I wouldn't mind playing him. Six at the Abu Dhabi. But Poulter has, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't done a lot here in any time recently. And I think at this point, Ian Poulter, maybe he has one foot in the Middle East. Yeah, I keep hearing the rumors. You know, it sounds like that might be falling apart now. So, Um, I'm going to fade Streelman. He's lost three and a half and four and a half strokes and approaches past two tournaments. Putter's kind of been cold. He's just not in good form right now for a guy that I know you and I used quite a bit last year, and I think even a little bit from the when we came back from the pandemic in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, just not a guy I'm really excited to go play right now. I love Kelvin Streelman. I was going to ask you about him, and I didn't. I was like, you know what? He's just not playing well enough. But I wasn't going to fade him. Uh, I'll fade him once the baseball talks get going, and I can fade him because of that Cubs logo on his bag. You know, that is fair. I mean, <laughs> as a White Sox fan, I'm all for that one. Um, Garrett Higgo. I, I lied to you. There's one more name I wanted to ask you about in the 7Ks before we move on, and that's Garrett Higgo. I mean, hey, I hope he, he, he will be on my uh, team we drafted this you know this year. So I'll, I'll be using him this week. Um, I looked at him. He, didn't, he wasn't enough. I think I like too many guys around him. But was 21st at Phoenix, uh, May 19 birdies, so. I don't know what Higgles like on tougher courses. What major did he pop at last year? Didn't he pop at somewhere? Mm. Was it the U.S. Open? I'm not sure off the top of my head now. All right, hold on. I'm going to pull up his... It uh, wouldn't have been the Masters because he wasn't there. He hadn't won his uh, tournaments no. to get to the Masters, so it wasn't that one. He missed the U.S. Open. He missed at the Open. I thought he popped at one. Was it PAGA then? That's the only one left. 64th. I don't think that's would have been... No. <laughs> okay, not. I'm just making up memories in my mind, so. <laughs> I do that, too. It's okay. Some of my best memories are made up. 
Oh, goodness. You ready to take it to the uh, 6Ks? Yep. I don't know if I'm getting in the 6Ks. There's a few names that I, that I spotted. Is there anybody that pops out to you at all in the 6Ks? I had a couple. Let me pull up my screen here with the timestamp. Okay, yeah, there's nobody who jumped out at me, but there's names I like. I have four names I like. Um, Mark Hubbard actually has a decent little history here, and he rates out well over 36 rounds. Fifth in bogey avoidance, 14th in approach, 25th in fairways gain, 16th scrambling. Like, those those numbers alone kind of, you know, kind of hit some of those main categories. 33rd at Pebble, missed on a number at Farmers, looked like. Sony was a bad tournament, but... He had a good fall swing, so maybe it just took him a little while to get warmed up. Nothing special, but in the six Ks, he can't ask for much. So he was one. He was one that popped up. Uh, the other one, which oh boy, did not expect this one to. With the exception of well, if you got to hit fairways, Ryan Arbor is also pretty good at this. Uh, second fairways gain, good ball striking approach, good bogey avoidance, par four player over the past thirty six rounds. Um. 20th at Pebble, 20th at Sony. So, I mean, those are his types of courses here. I can see him gaining some steam this week at uh, 6600 It's a cheap price. It's funny you mentioned Hubbard. I'll add him to my list of H's because Bo Hostler, I, I've been following him forever. Just, I don't know. I, I He was very young when he played well at Olympic Club. He had his moments lately. So, Hostler was there. Harry Higgs has a decent course history. Can you explain to me why Harry Higgs is 6,700? 6, like, I get the fact that he can be very hit or miss. His last two times here, well, I say good course history. Last year he had a 19th. The year before he had a 58th. Frankly, I'll take a 58th at 6,700. This is a guy who's made two cuts in a row, three of his last four. None have been great, but Harry Higgs seems like a good play at 6,700, and you already know who the third H is. That, that'd be Jim Herman. Oh, the Herminator, yeah. I forgot I saw the name of the field. There's a bad one six H like Rory Sabatini does it have an H in it. Well, <laughs> it's a silent H, that's how you spell it in uh, Slovakia. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> for, you know, for, you know. It's Rory A R H O R Y. Rory. Ah, yes, yeah. That's what so, it is. Gotcha. Oh man. Oh Lordy. Uh the Harry Higgs, he hasn't gained strokes on approach since the CJ Cup. He made some long putts. Uh, yeah, oh, his putting numbers are great ago. right now, but his irons are just off, and even okay. off the tee is off. So that's just again not this not the course for that combination. Okay, and maybe that's exactly why he is sixty seven hundred. I have two other guys. One I've never played before. Austin Smotherman. I think he's one of the Core Ferry graduates. Eleventh at Farmers, thirty third at Pebble. His iron numbers are great, and he's been putting decently well. So. Maybe he's starting to figure something out at sixty at sixty nine hundred um, or sixty eight hundred. And the other guy is Satoshi Kadaira, a uh, tenth in fairways gain, so another one who will find fairways. Good par four player, avoids bogeys. Good putter, sixty six hundred for him. He was twelfth at Sony, thirty third at Pebble. Kind of those small courses. He uh, he he piques some interest for me as well. I can't say I have any other names that I could throw out there because I don't love the the. The field strength so much. I don't see myself getting into the 6Ks a lot. I mean, Hank Leviota, 6,500. I know he wasn't hasn't been great lately, but he's made three or four cuts. Uh, so he was a name that I'm taking a peek at, and that's probably just as much because of he's – I have him in our league, just like anything else. I don't really have any other names down here. I mean, you want to, you don't want to play ball striker extraordinaire, nothing else. Uh, Kyle Stanley, who has missed four straight cuts. You got to make some putts. You got to make some putts. I mean, he gained six and a half strokes on approach at Sony and then lost four and a half putting. So, I mean, that's Cal Stanley in a nutshell for you. I I mean, I don't know. If I'm searching at the very end of my 10th lineup, I might. I'd be more inclined to maybe go with uh, one of my old favorites, Brian Gay. Let's say Brian Gay's in the field. Coming off, of it, coming off of a nice finish there at the Chubb Classic, I get. It's a it's a different field, but. I mean, Chase Kepka's down this range for you. He is. I don't think I'm going back to the well there, even though he did play well here a year ago. I think I'll leave that for other people to uh, chase that result. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's daytime, brother. I'm already breaking them out. I know. <laughs> I've got nothing else from the 6Ks other than I'm sure there's a fade somewhere for me. Oh, well, absolutely. I got one. Um, 
The guy only plays Honda. Like, the last time Fantasy National shows that he had made, a made cut was 74th at Honda 2008. I don't know what he does. I don't know why he plays every year. There must be some sort of connection. Alan Morin at 6K. Um, yeah, has an exact a lot of red when I look at the individual tournament stats. So, again, I don't know why he plays here so much. Maybe he has some sort of exemption, or I don't know why, but he does. So, um, I will not be using him. He's got lots of stock in Honda. Maybe that's what it is. My fade, I'm going to go uh, with Dewey Vandervelt. And the only reason I'm doing that is because I like that name. And he hasn't made a cut since, like, uh, I guess it was the Fortinet Championship when he made a cut. And I saw his name on the leaderboard. I was like, oh, that thing just rolls off the tongue. DVDV. DVDW. It's like not even enough letters. I don't know. He's my fade. He hasn't made a cut in a while. I was going to say, he had a good Corn Ferry Finals. And then, because he was 10th at Nationwide, 15th in the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. And 20th at Houston, 22nd at Fortinet. And, yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle for old Dolly since then. South African, I believe. Unless unless he, he's, unless he uh, became Slovakian, too, and fought, trying to follow Rory's footsteps. No, he's got a couple years before he tries to get that Olympic medal. <laughs> All right, anything else from the six case? No. <laughs> the number of Rory, Rory 17 references is just absurd. Given the fact that he's in the field and we didn't even really talk about him in the 7Ks either. And by the way, you can't say real Rory for him because uh, McElroy has won here as well. So both both Rorys have won. Well, you know, I mean, what can you say? What can you say? Only one has represented two continents. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. This is, this is true. Are we ready to take it to a little one and done? Yes. So I, I lied to you. As a matter of fact, last week I did not use Hideki. I used... Well, I used that other Rory, Rory McIlroy. Oh, okay. Well, well, don't worry. You still did better than me because I used Dustin Johnson, who missed the cut. So that's just, again, I'm just in wonderful one-and-done form, a mid-season form with that one. So I am hopeful to get over a million dollars this week as I am sitting at 2,300th place with 858,000. Actually, 858,800. So I'm almost at 859,000. I mean, to short myself. At any rate, I got some work to do. What are you doing in this field? I mean, do you go to the top and say, I can't use Sung JM, but do you go to the top and say, all right, it's time to use Berger, Ustazen? Or do you get cute? Do you get tricky here? I mean, for somebody who's in, only made $470,000 so far this year, um, I probably ought to try to do something bold. Um, I feel like I used Shane Lowry last year at Honda. Well, that's the name I just clicked. <laughs> Never used Sung Jay, so Shane Lowry. For now. I feel like I used him last year. What did he do last year? Did I even use him last year? Am I remembering am I misremembering other tournaments? Yeah, he finished 36. I think I did use him last year. I don't know what I'm doing yet in one and done. Maybe it's Billy Horshaw. I think I think uh I don't know. Like I'm not going outside of the eight K's though, I don't think. I don't think there's a seven K golfer that I'm inclined to use here at this point. You know, it would be a weird pick, and I don't, again, maybe, maybe he won't be so weird. Using Kepka here would be interesting. He would. There is 0% chance I'm using him. I will tell you that right now. I might just because I'm so far down in things. I'm also, I'm, 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 I might just say screw it and give it a, a chance. Uh, I don't blame you. What else What else do we need to talk about for the Honda before we uh, – we put the wrap on it. Uh, make sure you have your lineup set up Wednesday night because I believe Early the first start. tee time is 6.50 Eastern or something around there. So, you know, this, we've got kind of spoiled the past month with tournaments of Hawaii and California that, you know, we've been able to get that little extra time on Thursday morning if you need to set mm -hmm. them or change things. Uh, not so much from here on out. That's a good bit of advice. Uh, my only bit of advice is enjoy the tournament. This is uh, – this is a great course. Like this is one of those tournaments that I've I've told you before. I want to kind of put together a group, uh, whether it's family going to just hang out at the beach, not even make it to the tournament. Um, I I love this course, so I'm very much looking forward to it. And of course, I love the fact that you have that Sunday finish with the par five. That that just uh, I don't know. That makes it so much fun. And don't forget to look back in the history books and find that beautiful picture of Mackenzie Hughes. Um, <laughs> 
telling Sung J.M. how much intestinal fortitude he has. One of the great memories of uh, a few years ago golf. Is that still in the background of your phone? I lost that picture. I like my phone died about a year ago, uh, less than a year ago, and anything I hadn't backed up got uh, lost. So I could go find it because it was just a picture off of a, a, a web page. But I don't currently have it on my phone. Otherwise, I probably would have sent that picture during our draft uh, when he was picked. That's fair. <laughs> so that's all I got for you. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. Well, Skeeter, good luck this week. Get the top three, but get six guys to make the cut this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're gonna, you know, we're building upon that slowly. But you know, as I said, I've already had my, I've already had my success this year at Amex. I'd love to add to it, but I think it's time for you to uh, hit one here. Well, I hope you're right. I hope one of us has something very nice to talk about when we get together and do this in a week from now. Sounds good. Well, Skeeter, appreciate you. Again, thanks for uh, firing at me last week, too, and reminding me, let me know about Fitzpatrick. That was uh, very kind of you. So thank you for that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. For Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams, and this has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.